0: Welcome to Wanderings and Wool Gathering. Tonight is a special night. I'm flying solo. The boys aren't here with me tonight. But I do have a very special guest from Deva Quartet. It's Liza McClellan. Welcome to the show.
1: Hi. Thanks for having me, Steve.
0: Of course. And tonight's topic isn't our usual topic. It's a special one. Um, it's Wanderings and Wool Gathering's tribute to Neil Peart. And... um, no better person to have on the show than Liza. She is a huge Neil Peart fan.
1: Big uh, fan. <laughs> when did you
0: first become a fan?
1: Uh, probably when I was four. <laughs> I mean, Rush, prog rock bands, hard rock, like Led Zeppelin, the Beatles, all of this music has been in my life since I can remember. My I come from a musical family. My dad's a bass player. And... um, I, I think it's just it's in all of us, and my, on my side of the family, it's like it's just music of your soul. So, um, and Rush is no exception. They were playing all the time. I grew up listening to all these albums, and they're very near and dear to me. So,
0: cool. Yeah. Not not to sound sexist, but prog rock isn't typically the go-to for most ladies. <laughs> uh-huh.
1: I don't, you know, maybe it has to do with getting such a heavy dose of it at such a young age that it was just, this was normal music to me.
0: Very formative. (laughs) Yeah.
1: yeah, And then as I got older and you're hearing more sort of the pop stuff on the radio, it just wasn't as interesting to me as anything else at that point. That might be it. Also, uh, the heavy classical training that I've had that helps, you know, your ear is just always listening to things that are interesting and different and listening for melodies, listening for intricacies and in rhythm, that kind of stuff. So maybe that's the thing. I know there aren't as many female prog fans. They say, but I'll tell you, you know, uh, half my, my, my friends online that, that I'm tweeting with or that we're chatting with on Facebook, they're girls, you know, girls like prog. We're cool
0: they do and they like heavy metal and all that it's just not typically your go-to i guess
1: well i guess not i don't know
0: (laughs) well i'm in a high school every day and i would venture to guess that there isn't one prog rock girl fan in the school
1: (laughs) no that needs to be fixed
0: (laughs) well i I think part of that too is exposure yeah they just haven't had the exposure to it like we have
1: yeah so my
0: my first exposure was um was it spirit of radio Oh yeah, I think when that came out, that was the first time I was probably old enough to really um, get into that. And then, of course, Moving Pictures came out shortly after that. So that was when I really got into it. And then I had to go back and get to Farewell to Kings, 2112 and all that stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That makes makes perfect sense.
0: (laughs) Well, tonight we're not going to be talking about 2112. Well, we will later as it pertains to you. But um, we are going to be talking about Clockwork Angels. The album and the novel. Yeah. So uh, we debated where to start (laughs) because it's really difficult um, to pick anywhere to start. But I I think, why don't we just start with the concept?
1: Yeah. I mean, the one thing that there, I don't know how many other concept albums there are out there that come with like a, a full length book. You know it's a it's a wonderful thing and you know i was thinking about this today just um w- when you when you read a book and then you watch the movie you know the movie takes away from your own imagination like how you saw the characters and various scenes but here we have i mean i was also thinking like it would be really cool to have this made into a movie by the way but what i, I was, was thinking, thinking
0: about that yesterday <laughs> yeah <laughs> you? <right, yeah>. <laughs>
1: but i think that the the genius part of like the why this is so cool is that you have a soundtrack that matches everything that's happening in the story so essentially you have a film that's not messing up with like it's it's not in, interfering with any of the imagery that you have in your own imagination so you can keep the 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 face of owen hardy safe and sound in your own imagination it's not getting altered you know when you listen to the music or you know it's all uh married so nicely it's so, it's so fun to be reading the book and then you get I get in my car and I'm driving around and I'm listening to the album every day and uh yeah, it's so fun
0: yeah it totally it rounds out the the experience of the book and there are a couple of moments i'll I'll talk about later that really did that for me um uh, but I think one of the interesting things about this as a concept album as opposed to twenty one twelve you know with with 2112 you've got that through line that the song continually returns to and so that's Mm -hmm. like a continuous stream through the whole song this although each piece is thematic to the book every song is different they're not connected musically like the previous one was so it's more Mm -hmm. of a message or a theme now as opposed to the musicality part of it
1: yeah yeah and it's it's kind of um I mean, they were, they were extremely wise. You know, it's really the, uh, the way it's written. I mean, I, I have a list. I wrote down, there's so many references to other albums, other songs, like basically all, you, you wrote it. See, I have a list too.
0: <laughs> yeah, the first uh, one went by me and then I saw another one. I'm like, oh, okay, here we go. I'm going to start jotting these down every time I see I know, one right? that pops up.
1: Well, I made a point, too. I didn't want to go online and look up what anybody else has said or discovered. I wanted to keep this my own thing, and then we could talk about it. So everything that I'm saying is very untainted by anybody.
0: Same. <laughs> same. I, my guess is I missed a bunch.
1: Oh, I'm sure I did.
0: You're enjoying the reading, and there were just a few that you just had to not be paying attention for them when they popped oh, yeah. out, you know? But
1: Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Some of them are sneaky.
0: <laughs> but, well, since we have those up, why don't we just go through a few?
1: Okay.
0: I would guess that you probably picked out I Will Choose Free Will.
1: I found yes. I found <laughs> that one. Uh, time Stand Still. Hmm. Uh, bravado. Yep. Subdivisions. Mystic Rhythms.
0: Yeah, that one really popped out. I like that one. Yep.
1: Uh, then there was Big Money and Roll the Bones. Um, Presto. Fly by Night, Limelight, and Dreamline were the ones that I picked up.
0: I got um, in addition to those, One Little Victory, oh. Natural Science, um, Malignant Narcissism.
1: Where did you find that one? Oh, yeah, never mind. No, that's yeah, the, that's about the Anarchist, oh. right? Yes. Yeah. Oh.
0: Um, Nobody's Hero. Right. Um, and then I there was another line that really it was you know part of the album but he said I enjoy the way you think big and you can't help but think about Caravan when you're listening to that yeah 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 so I kind of like that that was kind of like a little easter egg hunt while I was reading yeah
1: it's it's really good fun and then the 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 clowns
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Peaky Leaky and Deaky or whatever isn't that like (laughs) you know Dirk and Lurks and uh, Pratt or whatever they call them (laughs)
0: yeah i think i missed that part yeah <laughs> I, think you, I think you beat me on that one.
1: Oh, the, the clowns yeah i think it's i think that was the it's the band
0: <laughs> i did like uh the carnival folk i thought they rounded up the the cast pretty well they were so different from everybody else that that they were pretty interesting
1: Well, they were the most normal
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know and it was interesting too this was another thought i had just recently as i was going kind of summarizing the book in my head the interesting thing was i mean it's easy to see you know the the watchmakers people mm-hmm. all everybody living under his watch um the lack of imagination and interest in things other than like the daily grind and like surviving and doing your job yeah. And then you go and you look at the anarchist side of things and it's the same. There's a huge lack of imagination
2: mm-hmm.
1: of thinking outside the box it's all about survival and getting your job done and you know. And then you had the, the carnival people who were creative and sort of in the middle, which I think, you know, that's a, a mighty message.
0: Yeah, I think so too. And the carnival people I think, had it right. The other two, the watchmaker and the narcissist, were on the extremes. Yeah. And Owen too. knew there was just something not quite right. But then there was um, the carnival folk embraced life. And I think the, one of the most poignant scenes for me um, was when they went to the first time he saw the clockwork angels. Right. And Owen is staring at the and he's And he's in disbelief. You know, it's so amazing. And what's Francesca doing?
1: She's staring watching at
0: him. his enjoyment, yeah. She, yeah, and I thought that was so cool because they're all about life and happiness and right um, they're the folks yeah. that had it right,
1: yeah, I think it's uh you know they're they're thinking more in terms of enjoying the moment and being in in the now and less you know like watching the clock and doing all these things and um I think that's a I think that's something that was really meaningful to to Neil himself. Actually, is being in the now. Um, I, actually, this I I could be wrong, but I, I I'm under the impression I think when Rush recorded, I don't think they recorded with click track. I think they always kind of stuck with they relied on their own sense of time.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, and I think um, you know it, if you could link that to Seeing how, like in the in the land of the watchmaker, where everything is so controlled and there's a lack of creativity, mm-hmm. you can link those two sort of viewpoints together. Where, you know, you need some freedom to have creativity.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. And there's all kinds of lyrics throughout here about living in the moment. Um, I wouldn't trade tomorrow. I wrote that I wouldn't trade tomorrow for today. You right. know, and it's about all the troubles that he went through, um, even when he was you know, in the bad city and he hated it and it was awful. Well, he grew and learned and all these experiences that he had made him a better person. And even though, you know, the seven cities, you know, wasn't as he's going through this whole thing, wasn't what he thought, but no. he was free. He was discovering, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, yeah. those were all little lessons.
1: Yeah. And, and he was a, a perpetual optimist. I mean, in the end he made the most out of all of these, experiences he didn't go oh well you know it wasn't what i planned so you know everything sucks and i'm a failure everything was a failure but he turned it into his own victory i think he he referred to himself as the king of one of the seven cities right like yeah which was that's a really neat perspective to give you know um having gone through quite an ordeal as a character
0: yeah. I, I wish, that's one thing I'd like to see in the movie. I would like to see the visual when he sees the city of gold, yeah. when the, the light hits just, I think that would be kind of a cool moment that would bring oh, yeah. together.
1: It's beautifully written. Yeah, you know, to anybody out there listening that hasn't read this, they really should read it. It's, uh, it's beautiful. It's a great, you get the wording the the, the usage of language is refreshing. And, um, the way things are described, it really, you get these really lush pictures in your imagination of what you're reading about.
0: If, if I were to be critical of the book at all, okay, it would just, if it didn't have the album and I was just reading this on on its own, I would wish it was longer.
1: Yeah. It's a quick read.
0: (laughs) It really is. And there were points, like you just said, the, the city of gold moment was, (laughs) beautifully described the ending where all of the lessons came together it was just like one beautiful lesson line written you know Um, but there were some times when he was in a foreign city where I would want to feel and be in that city a little more a little more a little more developed Um, but having the album it just meshed so well with the album that it didn't it wasn't a problem for me at all but had that not been there I probably would have wanted this to be a little more expanded. It was a very simple book, and um, one other thing about the book, um, I didn't know if you noticed. This does pretty much follow the, uh, you know, the hero's archetype: the young kid who goes away on this big adventure, goes through all of these, you know, things that test him, change him, teach him, and he returns a very different person. And um, we even had the wiser, older mentor in Pangloss. Yeah. Um, yeah. So <laughs> the, a lot of care went into this to make it to fit the archetype, um, which I thought was cool too because I love that.
1: Yeah, I think it, it it chugs along nicely. the The pacing is good. It's fa- it's a fast read though, like you were saying. It goes by fast.
0: Yeah, it really does. So, how familiar? I mean, how many times did you listen to the album before you read the book? I mean, were you very familiar with the flow of the album and the the meanings of the songs and everything
1: i i well I like you this is the first time I read the book i didn't I hadn't read it before and um I actually borrowed it from my dad who had oh. received the my my husband bought it for him for christmas and um the um the album itself I've heard all the songs many times. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you, after having read the book, it's changed the way I hear the songs now.
2: Mm-hmm. Whereas Agreed. before,
1: I was putting my own sort of interpretation on the lyrics. Mm-hmm. And after now having heard, or sorry, after having read the book, it's more of, it's more like I'm listening to a soundtrack. Yes. Which does, I mean, that's it's still cool, and you can still put your spin onto any of the lyrics. They're very well. Written in that they can, you can still interpret things.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: It's still open enough. But once you've read this book, it's pretty clear. I mean, these lyrics are very, very close to what's written on page.
0: Yeah, I I don't think I would have had any uh, the the concept I would have come away from on songs like Halo Effect or The Wreckers. Yeah, I don't know would have had (laughs) been nearly what they are after you read the book.
1: Yeah, exactly. Okay,
0: so let's go through Caravan. Let's start there. We'll just kind of cruise through each one.
1: Okay. How how do you want to discuss them?
0: Any way that you want. (laughs) I love I love the way it starts off. I love it when you pop in and the and the song is rocking. It's I think it's a great album opener.
1: It is a great album opener. It uh, it has a really fabulous chorus, and I'm obsessed with the bass line of it. It's. You know, the other thing is, uh, there's a lot of moments in this album that they remind me, I mean, it's certainly, I mean, it's always Rush. I mean, they have their own sound.
2: Mm-hmm. But
1: there's some songs in here that remind me, it's very sort of modern Rush. Mm-hmm.
0: It's very.
1: Uh, there's moments that are kind of like Soundgarden, um, or like, if, if Yes made a sort of more modern and less proggy, mm-hmm. like super proggy, so they kind of go a little bit more extreme prog um i don't know like I, in general i'm listening to getty lee's bass t- tones sound mm-hmm. like there's a lot of influence from squire and uh especially uh what's i should have written some of these down here maybe it's seven, seven cities of gold is the one that uh headlong has
0: flight has an a awesome bass line
1: yeah yeah those those songs a lot of like push rhythm off beat, bass that goes in like a scale pattern. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's just, it's so good. It's great stuff. <laughs>
0: yeah. It really. But Cara,
1: is. To return to Caravan, I mean, it really, it, it paints a picture of, of what is happening in the book. I mean, it's like a, a, an audio visual moment. Yeah, of it's a,
0: almost like a prologue. I mean, it's yeah. really setting us up in this world Um, setting the tone for the story to come yeah. Um, I felt like it was really a perfect opener a strong song it's interesting so much new rush people kind of uh, whatever you know it's not going to be 2112 or whatever and they always compare it to what came out originally but I really think that this album is as strong as a lot of those early ones
1: oh I think so I mean this is the it's the accumulation of all those years of playing and writing music together I mean you can hear their you can hear where they they have come from and this is their their arrival you know it's the last album they put out mm-hmm. and it's it's beautifully it's beautifully done it's uh it's mature the writing is mature very heavy and uh I don't know, I think it's wonderful. I don't think there's a weak song, honestly, I don't
0: either. And on one thing album. I think he's always had wonderful ideas, but I don't know that his lyric writing was nearly as sharp as it is here. yeah sometimes it's hard, and I don't know, I think even Getty has mentioned over time. it's hard to say some of those lines um, right. in in harmony and and melodically. so I think he really blossomed as a writer, and these to me. Um, flow better than some of his early lyrics. Yeah, um, the meaning is great, the wording is great. I love it. Like you said, the chorus here, I can't stop thinking big and all that. Yeah, so good.
1: yeah, it's great. It's great.
0: All right. So, how about "Brought Up to Believe"?
1: Yeah, I mean, this one, it's like this is this is Owen Hardy telling you, like, well, this is where I come from, and mm-hmm. yeah, uh, I have these beliefs, and I was brought up this way and this is how it is (laughs) and uh I think the music reflects that really well but it's sort of it's kind of twisted sounding too you know it's not like (laughs) happy-go-lucky like yay it's like eh, there's a dark side to feeling or to having this kind of belief this sort of uh, um all is for the best kind of thing right
0: yeah and it will and it's interesting because it sounds like almost a little bit an ode to the watchmaker, yeah. Um, but then you get these lines in there like, um, "Well, our loving watchmaker loves us all to death,"
1: right? Yeah. Which is which is kind of twisted and dark, uh, but it ref, it's reflective of the character, the, mm-hmm. the main guy who who isn't he's not so content. Like he, he is searching for mm-hmm. something. You know, he feels like he needs to have that last adventure before he turns seventeen or whatever.
0: Yeah. And the watchmaker, it's interesting because he's not a terrible I mean his intent is not terrible.
1: No. I mean he thinks he's
0: creating this safe world for everybody in which to live and it's safe and everybody knows what's gonna happen and even the weather is scheduled, you know.
1: Amazing. I wish we could have that (laughs) (laughs) sometimes. I wouldn't complain. (laughs)
0: <laughs> and I love the part in this song about the blind man in the marketplace because in the oh, book yeah. that scene is so great
1: it's a be- it's a really cool yeah. yeah
0: and everybody just takes everything at face value which in some ways is kind of nice that's where that, that whole thing about you know that's kind of nice <laughs> you know, but right. can't live like that
1: no no as proven
0: yeah that's I love that and then of course that song sort of returns uh, near the end I think the third of the last song
1: yeah. yeah, yeah, it's like the second prologue pro- prologue or something. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah.
0: Next song is Clockwork Angels.
1: Yeah, that's so cool.
0: Th- this is one of those two that I want to see in a movie. I want to see the automatron
1: I do so too. come out,
0: speak their wisdom, you know, and in all their glory and everything. I think that would be really cool.
1: Oh, yeah, I mean. But that's the thing. And I'm almost afraid that somebody would, would botch it because I have a very clear picture in my head oh. in a way of what this should look like. So, you know, I have these very high expectations now of how this should all come to be. And I mean, even just um, in your imagination, because like, there's also the the olfactory. Uh, he's talking about the smoke that's billowing and everybody's inhaling the sweet smells of the Mm-hmm. whatever that smoke is that comes out and get, everybody's sort of kind of hallucinating a little bit.
0: <laughs> you probably have to be to accept some of the stuff that they tell you.
1: Right? It's Ignorance great.
0: as well and truly blessed.
1: <laughs> yes. Oh, yes.
0: And I love the, um, I guess it's kind of oxymoronic, but the celestial machinery.
1: Yeah. Yeah, sure.
0: Those two words together, I think are perfect. Yes. Um, yeah, and it's just cool too that that was like we said that previously with that scene um with owen and francesca i think that was to me that really hit home that was one of the coolest scenes and it made me like her a lot more
1: yeah um, yeah
0: really painted a picture of that group all right then we get to the anarchist
1: yeah this one i'm actually reading i've I've got the uh the the um album lyrics the little album jacket here I'm just mm-hmm. reading over some of these. Yeah, I like their smiles and their diamonds. I like their happiness and love. I mean, he's so he's all um, uh, fixated on that that experiment that went wrong, and the the diamond that he had made into that pin that he wears on his lapel or whatever mm-hmm. the blood diamond his blood diamond.
0: Exactly.
1: <laughs> it's re- pretty. It's it's grotesque. His scarred hand. I mean, it's all coming out in the music, too. I mean, it's one of the heavier songs on the album.
0: It's... The, okay. Let's see what you think about this. So the anarchist and the watchmaker
1: mm-hmm.
0: are both sort of vying for Owen. Right. Right. And the, the anarchist plays a big role in putting him into this adventure. Right. So is Owen using free will...
1: Well that's so the this, question and he never Or is has he
0: this. Or is he being pushed like again even though it's not the watchmaker necessarily making him have this scheduled life is he being pushed through this adventure by the anarchist and then you know through Pangloss and all you know the, it's yeah. just interesting to think
1: What well, it is? It's a, these are actually these are heavy things that I think any human being maybe should consider you know depending on what you believe in but you know even it is in Owen Hart In Owen's case, he, at the end of the the book, kind of had to make peace with, he'll never know if Lavinia would have met him on the Mm -hmm. the hill, right? Right. Um, Who knows? Maybe she would have, maybe she wouldn't have. And he has to sort of, I don't know, make his own peace with never knowing that. And he made his choices based on the information he had at the time. And that's the best anybody can do, really
0: yeah and i think um halo effect sort of answers that question right um and to the real and at least that's the realization that he comes to right so i don't know i kind of go with um he was thrust into the adventure and then on his own free will took over and i would say definitely when he goes off on his own adventure that could mean death to find the seven cities um he certainly took control of his own destiny at that point
1: yeah, I think at that point it's safe to say because the other the anarchist and the, the watchmaker didn't know where he was. They couldn't find him. I think yes.
0: And then the book it has the line um like you know in the back of the book where it has all of the lyrics. Yeah. And I thought this was interesting too in the book when you're reading it and it says what do you lack? Yeah.
1: <laughs> that's like that's a big question.
0: <laughs> what do I need? What do I want? No, no, no. What do you lack?
1: What do you lack. Yeah. <laughs>
0: It's so sterile,
1: yeah. <laughs>
0: which I think that's, I guess, part of what that world is too. It's just, it is a very sterile, boring, predictive world that leaves no room for chance or fun or anything interesting or creativity, as you said. Yeah. All right. Next up is Carnies. I think our yeah. favorite group of people.
1: Yes, I love the carnies <laughs> at first. I never like. I'd have never liked that term. I'll tell you, mm-hmm. carnies is like, it has negative connotations to me. It really does. Honestly. So, um, before I had read the book, I was kind of turned off a little bit from the song. Not that I disliked it, but I had a different spin on it in my head. Um, and then I read the book and I went, Oh, I really like these people. <laughs> I I changed my mind. <laughs>
0: Well, you know, what's interesting is, you know, you're talking about how that has a negative connotation. I mean, look at the lyrics through the song. Demon music and gypsy queens. Right. um, Face of naked evil turns the young boy's blood to ice. Deadly confrontation. The angry uh, crowd moves towards him with bad intent. So it's not like the lyrics in the song are happy-go-lucky either.
1: No, they aren't. No, it's true.
0: But they stand against what is presented in the book is acceptable. So, yeah. And I, I like that song a lot too.
1: Yeah. It's a good song. <laughs> they're all good songs. <laughs> it's a, I don't know how I would, I mean, I do have my, I have my favorite song, but uh are sure. all I, very think,
0: I think we share the same song.
1: Probably. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get we there. And we're
0: going to save that one for last. It is last. It's yeah. uh, <laughs> just, just so meaningful and great. Yeah. Um. Okay, so we did talk a little bit about halo effect, and that's next. Right. And for me, um, when we talked about him coming to that realization, I wrote the, when I was listening, I wrote the lines down. What did I see? Fool that I was a goddess with wings on her heels. All my illusions projected on her the ideal that I wanted to see. Right. So there was no real emotion. There was no real connection. It was what he projected based on what was supposed to happen. Right. Um, And I don't think I would have gotten that from listening to the song without without having the book.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's one. I mean, this is what I'm saying. I mean, you could, this, these lyrics could mean a lot of different things.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: But I think that's the beauty of, of, of good lyrics, honestly, or I shouldn't say good lyrics, but if you're seeking to write a song that can, can mean, or appeal to lots of different sensibilities. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are the lyrics for you. I mean, cause yeah, there's lots of layers there.
0: There are, and it's vague enough that you could probably mold that to all kinds of different scenarios.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, which is cool. And I thought too, what was interesting about this song is towards the end of the book as he's wrapping it up, he's returned from his journey. Uh, the author says most, Most people take comfort in their illusions and see what they want to see. Yeah. Which is what he did most of his life because his life was kind of an illusion. I mean, he was going to take over, you know, at the orchard and his life was set for him and he seemed to want to make that be okay.
1: Oh yeah. But he's such a sympathetic character, at least in my case. I mean, Mm -hmm. I can't count the number of times I've projected on all kinds of scenarios and people thinking that I got something and then finding out, oh, I really, <laughs> oops, like totally projected, you know?
0: Oh yeah, um, So there's a lot of truth to yeah. some of those messages at the end, so. Yeah. I thought that was cool. And also I thought um, stylistically, the song was a little different, which was yeah. kind of a nice break in the song.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, and they also, and I, I wanted to mention this too, is um, the usage of strings, on this album is, is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, a, it's, it's such a, um, uh, there's some albums that they, they throw a, a violin or a cello in there and it's, it's like an obvious in your face moment and it's mm-hmm. meant to sort of stand out. But, uh, all of these songs has been so well, they've been so well orchestrated.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, it's nothing really stands out. And yet, and yet it does, you know, when you, when you have, uh, pivotal or poignant moments in songs, Mm -hmm. it all comes together so beautifully. And I think that's where the maturity in their writing uh, really is shining. Like, uh, yeah, it's so, it's beautiful.
0: Agree 100%. And then, which, uh, you know, and we just talked about, you know, the change up of the song. So then the next song, Seven Cities of Gold Mm -hmm. is very different as well. This one is a lot more poppy. Yeah. Yeah. it's a lot more upbeat. And again, um, the lyrics are just amazing. And the word choice is so good. Yes. I think you broke out the source here, maybe.
1: Well, I mean, I think he's, he himself went on tre- treks kind of through lens. Oh, he way, did. Right. So mm-hmm. I think he was writing on, on his own experiences. I think this is, and also, this is the song where Alex Lifeson has that sort of a guitar solo that sounds like it's so, it's like Middle Eastern.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, I think that's Yeah, cool. you do
0: get that feel through the whole book and the album. I yeah, think.
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so they're really playing a lot around with sort of uh, uh, different cultural sounds and uh, ways to sort of really give you a, a, a visual picture a picture of of the story you know as you listen to it you can you can see that he's going through a desert or some, somewhere that's you know very yeah, i kind of get the are. feeling of
0: like the grand canyon you've got mesas and and yeah. like that that which is interesting because when i before reading the book you listen to the song and it's seven cities of gold right yeah. so it has this kind of regal feel to it and then you get parched and nameless canyons and cactus um, hallucinations. Uh, was it? There's dust. Um, all of these things that do not capture the feeling of a city of gold.
1: No, it's it's not really about that at all.
0: No, no. When you read the book, you're like, no. oh crap, this is not what I expected.
1: Yeah. This is not what you expect. Um, you know, he he doesn't make the most of it. He survives, which in itself is like. It's it's a massive achievement. He's the mm-hmm. only person, so far as anybody knows, that was able to get out there. And, uh, yeah. I mean, he set his goal and he did it. Um, and that seems to, It's more about... This song is more about the journey and less, like, actually getting to those seven cities.
0: Yeah, it's like he's under the belly of the beast here. Yeah. And um, he comes out a very much a different person.
2: Very different.
0: Um, I kind of had my mind, like, in... It's like the Old West, all of these deserted towns um, that he sort of finds when he's out there. And then when he finds finally that city of gold, it is just something you don't expect. And I thought that was really, it kind of caught me by surprise, but it became that much more cool because it wasn't a tangible city of gold that he found, but it was probably more impactful on him in his journey than if it had been an actual city.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think you're absolutely right there. Another the neat thing was when he does come back, and everybody's asking him, you know, like, so what did you see? You know, did you find the seven cities? And he came, he came comes to the realization. It's more about the dream of it
2: mm-hmm. than
1: actually find. Like you said, it's not about the cities themselves. It's about the 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 idea, the the goal, the unattainable, the thing that keeps people interested and creating their own fictions about uh what could be out there so he doesn't tell them he just says well you know i i had my adventure and you know here i am i'm back maybe they're still out there who knows
0: i don't know that wasn't what i expected and i think i no. came really liking that
1: yeah me too i actually i i was initially disappointed. <laughs> it's like what? There's no sub- but but the book that he found is saying that there will be seven cities. Like that from because they we even talked about the um, the concept of the alternative realities. That- yes,
0: because it was-, right? it was his mom's name, but not his mom.
1: Yeah, but it wasn't his mom. It was his other mother. Yeah,
0: right.
1: Which is like so. There's other. The interesting thing about this book is that there's these these huge like other storylines that just kind of floating. That don't they they kind of touch on it, but they don't go into much detail, right? So who the, knows what happened in another yeah, are you, universe.
0: Were you talking about like the uh the bookstore that would maybe not be there yeah. next time?
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the bookstore that may or may not be there. Or the um the, the 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 mother with the or the woman with the same name as him that went on the the exact same journey and mm-hmm. found all seven cities. Right. Or the book that his real mother gave him indicating that uh was it Poseidon was like a, a beautiful like resort ocean side town. Oh, and the yeah, the reality of it is like the, it's like this hell, like, yeah. like the worst place ever. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I like the, the intentional vagueness of that.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, too. it makes you, it just keeps, it's for the sake of imagination, you know, you can keep thinking about all these things forever if you want to. It's, It's good fun. I mean, somebody could write another story Mm -hmm. tomorrow. (laughs) Somebody out there, write another one. This is so fun.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That brings us to what's next. Oh, the the records. I'll be honest with you. I was a little taken aback after reading the book at the way the start of the records sounded. Right. It took me a minute. It's so light. Yeah and there's almost like a happy upbeat feeling to it
1: i think that's that's because i mean my spin on that would be all is not what it seems right
0: that's where i got to because later it gets hard
1: yes yeah yeah
0: Yeah, you know salvation in a human chain you know all this kind of thing be wary of a miracle too good to be true and then it turns and then i'm like totally get this this song works completely now
1: yeah but I think that's that's where their uh, maturity in in music writing really shines here in a song like this, where, again, they're they're, it's 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 like a deception, just like the the um, the ship gets tossed uh, onto the rocks, and mm-hmm. the, these terrible people are coming out, and they're they're literally clubbing the survivors and stealing everything off the boat. Uh, they're not really nice people, but again, I mean, they're they're just surviving. I mean, they're, it's nothing personal. Um, but
0: <laughs> yeah, you know?
1: nothing. really
0: But then this <laughs> makes the anarchist look even worse because he's okay with it. If it's to yeah, an end, then it's a okay because yeah. uh-huh. he's got this vendetta with the watchmaker, which to me almost seems like his. It's almost more about getting even with the watchmaker than actually setting this world aright yes Um, yeah
1: well and it is it's it's all about vengeance for him yes he just wants to teach him a lesson he wants to be remembered you know and these are things that they sadly when you listen to other terrible things going on the news people out there you know terrorists and things they want to be remembered you know they want to be they're trying to make a statement or a point i mean i would you know that resonates with me how the, the anarchist was yeah, he's not he's a denied. stupid guy. He's highly educated, like, just a sociopath, basically. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, pretty much. But then the, at the beginning, you're kind of like, well, maybe he's like the Robin Hood. You know, he's yeah, he's kind of doing something bad, but it's for the greater good. And then as it goes along, it's you
1: like, don't get in good. his way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then you like, but that's the weird thing about it is like, initially it's like, oh, the watchmaker is the most evil one anarchist isn't so bad and then I kind of changed my mind you know towards the end of the book I'm like no the anarchist is the real bad guy and the watchmaker oh I don't know I mean I get where he's coming from kind of evil but
0: I don't think he's evil yeah Um, but he doesn't have the right to make that decision for everybody No. no which he does
1: which he has done yeah it's interesting yeah And the other thing is, I mean, it's, the book ends, there's no, you don't find out what the resolution is on in the greater, the grander scheme of things. I mean, you, you hear about like, Owen has made peace with his various things. He's, he's found himself. He's made his own choices and he's content with it.
0: Um, Absolutely. And that has
1: the world improved. I don't, I don't know.
0: (laughs) I don't think it matters so much. I mean, most of, you know, Neil's writing, you know, followed Ayn Rand forever and it was all oh, yeah. about the self. But I think as he went on, he kind of separated a little bit from that. And I think this shows that while Owen is about self, he is also about others. And yeah. he's developed in a way that goes beyond like Ayn Rand teachings.
1: Yes. Yeah. Um, and well, his this-
0: story is complete. And that's all we need, I guess.
1: Oh, I, I would say, I mean, he, this, this is, we're basically moving, we're skipping over to the garden. I mean, that's, you know, it's about the self and others. It's about you know, your, your garden essentially. Yeah. Um, yeah. But we won't get there yet.
0: Yeah. But don't get ahead of us yet. That's right. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Well that brings us to headlong flight, which is yeah. another departure um, in the music. This one's definitely different than the rest, which, I think it fit perfectly because you get this, to me, it feels like the desperation and the scrambling um, as Owen is taking off, getting out of there, um, being chased uh, after he's set up, you know, that's kind of where I place that or the feeling I got from that piece.
1: Yeah, I I would agree. I think it was, yeah, without having, again, I, I had a different sense of it, you know, before I read the book.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: you know it's interesting um i don't know how if i could put i can't really put into words (laughs) how i had a different sense of it but i think it's because the sound of it yeah it's it's complex it's complex i'll put it that way yeah complex then after you read it yeah it, it makes sense like he's 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 on this this crazy survival journey to try and get to the the uh, continent get to land and hopefully survive
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah well I love it it says you know <clears throat> it starts off and I think it's got that great baseline it is faster paced and then it uh, the lines um, all the treasures the gold and the glory it didn't always feel that way I don't mm-hmm. regret it I never forget it I wouldn't trade tomorrow for today mm-hmm. I learned to fight and learn to love learn to steal I wish I could live it all again yeah He's he's never been more alive, you know, this headlong flight, so to speak, all these dangerous things he's done. He's now feeling what it really is to have emotions, probably to have adrenaline. And imagine being in a world where everything is dictated and you have no choices, you have no fears. I mean, would you ever know what adrenaline is? Would you ever be nervous or?
1: Right.
0: It just doesn't seem to exist. And now he's felt all these emotions and he's embraced them.
1: That's the yeah. And I, uh, did you read the um, the sort of the the it's not the epilogue, but it's like notes from, from that Neil Pert wrote at the back of the book. Yes, where he talks about. Um, I wish that I could live it all again. That was his. He's quoting his his drum teacher, right?
0: He threw out a lot of stuff in there. A lot of books. <laughs> a lot of teachings. Uh.
1: Yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah, but it, it struck me. as funny because he said, you know, this was something my teacher said, but. I, I don't want to live it all again. I'm actually quite content with, with not having to do everything again that I did. <laughs> sort of tongue, tongue in cheek and, and uh, I, I appreciate that. Because uh, I think uh, when, when they finished this album, when, they, uh, when he announced his retirement, I think he was very happy with what he had done Mm-hmm. and the accomplishment of it and he was happy at that point to 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 retire you know having felt like this is good i have accomplished this massive piece of work i'm proud of it and it's a good this is a the conclusion and the accumulation of a lifetime's work i mean here it is <laughs> Here's Can you imagine? and a massive album
0: it is and it's like think about 20 albums later you know you're what 30 some years into your career and you make an album that is every bit as relevant
2: Mm -hmm. probably
0: stronger than some of your previous work yeah most bands don't get more more than three or four before they become a little irrelevant or start to fade and we've got i mean they hung on forever a rabid fan base helped, i'm sure but um this album to me is a solid from beginning to end as any that they produced.
1: I, I highly, I really agree. I would agree. I would say it's, it's among their top albums. Uh, I, I think uh, it's a, it's a massive achievement considering how long they've been at it. I mean, it's, there's nothing dated sounding in mm-hmm. what they have done here. It's one, of, it's a good timeless album. Truly.
0: Yeah. And it doesn't feel like they ever went back to something because it's safe no, you know, we'll good that. we'll go back and just hit that sound because everybody loves it, yeah, uh, I don't think they did it,
1: exactly. yeah, no, and I think that's what uh a lot of their fans have always respected about them is they've always sort of pushed themselves and remained interested, and yeah, and they I mean, they have a sound, of course, like right, you know rush it's you know it's them, whether you know the song or not, they have a sound, but you know within that sound, they're always searching out new ways to express really deep ideas and concepts that uh, I don't know. I mean, a, a, a lot of artists try to touch on, but they, they, they really, they get to it. I think Rush really nailed it. And I think well, that resonates for a lot of people.
0: It doesn't it, it's, hurt that there's three excellent musicians and one of the most brilliant men on the planet when it comes to philosophy and thinking and yeah, being human
1: yeah I, ha- I absolutely agree
0: all right we're we're winding down we only have like three left but um we're coming up to um brought up to believe part two mm-hmm. which to me is the we're we're turning now yeah. we're accepting this new and rejecting the old and the the line here no philosophy consoles me in a clockwork universe yes that was really cool
1: very cool and this is the one that's all, it's basically Getty singing with strings, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Yep.
1: Yeah. Which is, I mean, that's, it's, again, it's, this is another sound, a moment, like, a, it's a poignant moment. I think they're trying to highlight that this is where he's having one of those epiphanies, the character, when they go, okay.
0: It's a quiet <laughs> moment.
1: Things. Yeah.
0: It's a very personal moment. Yeah. And I love it. He, he says, life goes from bad to worse. I still choose to live. Yes. Find a measure of love. And laughter, and another measure to give. Yes, I mean wonderful
1: words. Long. You know, I think um, I don't think you can write that unless you yourself have gone through, you've lived a bit. You know,
0: mm-hmm. and I, need, I know he would leave concerts and get on his motorcycle and travel and just try to meet normal people across, you know, wherever they were across America and Canada. Um, just try to meet real you know, salt of the earth people.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And um, I I think it shows because he's got a lot of experience here.
1: Oh, yeah. 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 So I like I really I really love this track, especially as a a cello nerd. This is where I'm like, oh, the string arranging. (laughs) It's really really cool. I haven't heard this kind of string arranging since. um, It's it's kind of Peter Gabriel uh, stuff. I don't know if you heard the Peter Gabriel did a, a an album called "Scratch My Back," and there's beautiful string writing in it, beautiful orchestrating.
0: How Highly long ago recommend
1: that? that. Pardon me.
0: How long ago was that? Uh, a couple of years,
1: maybe 2015.
0: I don't think I. I've seen him live, but yeah, I don't think I've listened recently.
1: I'll yeah, it's a cool album. It. It's all it's it's all covers. He's just pulling off uh, songs of other artists that he he you know, obviously respects, but it's a very orchestral album, but that orchestral writing, I mean, that's, it's, it's really mature. And I'm hearing that here in this song too, just beautiful usage of string texture mixed with like, you know, all the other instrumentation going on in the album. It's, it's (laughs) really cool.
0: Awesome. I can't wait to check that out now.
1: Oh, yeah. Highly, highly recommend Scratch, Scratch My Back. It's a great album.
0: Scratch well, my back. I'm writing it down. Okay. So that brings us to second, the penultimate song, Wish Them Well, which is uh kind of a happy go lucky song. It's, it's really
1: happy it's, and good. Yeah.
0: <laughs> we're free here, right? I mean, well, I think it is a freeing moment for him that he's, you know, for somebody who has been through the ringer, you know, and probably feels now like he's been lied to his whole life or lived in shadow of, you know, this clockwork world um to turn yeah um people who judge without a measure of mercy all the victims who will never learn i just all about forgiveness wishing people well healthy for you well
1: I, i think um so he has a choice he can either let all of that the questions and the way he was treated and all the negative things that happened to him he can he can let that eat away at him like the anarchist did and he himself can can become like an evil kind of or unhappy or sad person or you can just walk away like it is what it is things happen I don't want to be like that I'm gonna walk the other direction and it's words of advice from Francesca right she's like Mm -hmm. you know you don't need to carry that inside you forever just let it go it's wise words words of advice for every human being on the planet i would say
0: (laughs) yeah the grudges you've held for so long it's not worth singing that same sad song yeah let it go let it go which it just i don't know just the whole message i guess in some ways you know if you weren't familiar with the whole story you might think oh it's kind of corny (laughs) you know what i mean like it's so obvious but just works so well with the, you know, the dynamic aspect of this character and the full circle um, nature that, you know, he, in a very short period of time, he becomes a completely different person.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it's quite a a character arc he has. And, uh, but I mean, this character goes on, on these crazy journeys and, and we're left with the lessons, you know, and they're all really good lessons. And this is a song that you could, even if this was the only song you heard off the album, I mean, it's a really good message. <laughs>
2: like,
1: you know, it is a happy-go-lucky, you know, pop. I wouldn't call it pop, but it's, it's the lightest song I would say on the album.
0: Yeah. And it's very catchy. Um, yeah. I would say it's the most popish for sure. Yeah. <clears throat> but not a bad way. I mean, oh,
1: no, Rush it does their pop well.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, it fits the the meaning of the song so well, which yeah. is, what i think when we look at the whole album i think the changes from song to song fit the meaning of each song
1: yeah i think so too
0: so i think they made some pretty smart choices i think so all right that brings us to the last song and it's okay
1: it's all right it's just my favorite song on the
0: album (laughs) you know what you should probably do you should probably get your cello out and record you playing this and put it on twitter
1: oh yeah (laughs) oh man i uh i'll tell you i think the melody of this song is gorgeous Mm -hmm. i think the words are gorgeous i i i've been torn in in wondering you know i don't know if if neil purred himself had any inkling of anything going on with him with Mm -hmm. his health when he was writing this i don't think i don't think he did i don't
0: think he found out until 2015.
1: yeah i don't. i think you're right But at the same time, it's just—it's really uncanny. It's really uncanny.
0: Well, can you imagine that if you passed away, the last thing that you wrote was this?
1: Well, that's the right I mean, that's the other thing. This is like, but this is, um, again, you know, if you if you look at this, this album could be like a, a sort of summary of of an entire career. If you, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, Caravan. Is sort of representing like the beginning it's the journey and then you arrive at the garden which is this like lush beautiful there's so many layers here beautiful writing like is and that's the it's the end I mean it's 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 basically perfect oh, I think it's perfect I'm like wiping away a tear <laughs>
0: no I do too and I just think the lyric if you just if you didn't even know the song and you just read this as poetry yeah it's beautiful and it stands on its own it does um and you know how you you said earlier we don't know what happens no right and he I love the last section it says the future disappears into memory with only a moment between forever dwells in that moment hope is what remains to be seen yeah it's open-ended as well which okay. I think is so cool but and of course I think we both love the line um, a garden you know you you do all this work to get your love and respect it's so difficult but it's so easy to ruin it yeah <clears throat> and then those two things are a garden to nu- nurture and protect yeah which the world needs a little more of that right now that's oh,
1: my weird. goodness yeah no, they really they saved the best for last and what a message it is.
0: It is. So I'm I'm sure that anybody who's listening to this knows this song, but if you don't, you need to go run out and listen to it right now.
1: Make your life better.
0: It really <laughs> will. This song. And it's so cool too because for you know, forever, if Rush couldn't play it with three people, they didn't play it. Yeah. They've yeah. got the backing you know, with all these strings and it is so beautiful. Yeah. yeah.
1: Oh yeah. And uh, you know what? I love the piano interlude at the
0: mm-hmm.
1: in the middle. Oh my God. That gets me every time. Uh, classical style piano
2: mm-hmm. with
1: all the beautiful textures going on behind it. Um, solo piano is always kind of a bittersweet sounding instrument to, to me. And, uh, I don't know. It, it's a profound, I think, moment. I think the, it's just gorgeous.
0: I don't know. I just, <laughs> I just love every part of this song. Oh, you could just read it, and uh, the arrow flies when you dream. Oh yeah. You know, like you're you're getting away, but then the hours tick away. <laughs> you know, life goes <laughs> yeah. on. Time is still the infinite jest.
1: Right. Quite a, a commentary on on our, you know, mortality.
0: Yeah, so make the most of it, right? Yeah. Life yeah. is a measure of love and respect. So get busy with those relationships and treating right. people right and living your life the right way.
1: Yeah. And this was the last song they put out there. Like, thank you, Rush, for this beautiful message. <laughs> like, everybody should hear this message. Come on. Yeah. Okay. And it links to that, you know, the, the um, being in the moment, being in the now appreciating things, trying new things, experimenting, failing, you know, that's when you do some of your biggest learning when you fail.
0: So we're at the end of the songs. Mm-hmm. If you were to rate this duo, not just that, if we were rating the album, I know I guarantee we would both give it an A or whatever, yeah. oh, five yeah. out of five or whatever it is. So <laughs> the pairing of the two, Yeah. what is your rating?
1: Oh, out of what?
0: I don't know, make your own up.
1: <laughs> oh, I can I this is a 10 out of 10 for me. I loved it. I loved the I loved every aspect of it. You know, I um I've toyed with the idea of wanting to see them make it into a movie, mm-hmm. but I'm really happy with how it is as it is. Um selfishly, I can keep it all in my own head as it is and nobody can take that away. <laughs> um I think as far as concept albums go, you know, this is, I think it's one of the best ones I've i have enjoyed. I've listened to, honestly, Steve, I've listened to this album every day since mm-hmm. we decided to do this. Me too. <laughs> and I haven't gotten sick of it. Like I can, I could still listen to it again tomorrow. Yeah. The album is great. The book is good fun. It's a fun, it's a fast read. And there's a lot of Easter eggs in there. It's, it's if you're a Rush fan, there's so much in there uh, pointing you to different uh, things going on in the band's history or even just song lyrics like we were talking about. And, um, yeah, and then all of the the heavy input, all the layers to the story. Mm-hmm. I mean, it would be nice if it, mm-hmm. they could have expanded on it a, a bit. Um, it, it's a shame it, it is such a short read
0: (laughs) yeah and maybe that's intentionally so um so that it ties so directly to the album and i've read kevin anderson before and he's not an overly wordy author right um i just finished um the wheel of time book four or whatever are you aware of this series no it's like 14 books long it's going to be an amazon uh prime tv series next year Oh, okay. Um, it's sort of Game of Thronesy. y um, Okay. A little bit different. But anyway, the books are between mm-hmm. like 700 and 950 pages each. And they're so dense. And the author mentions every detail of every scene. So okay. you firmly are placed within the context right. of the scene. So mm-hmm.
2: yeah. it was
0: a jarring difference <laughs> to yeah. pick this book up and be like, oh, it's been a couple of days. I'm done. You know, yeah. hours, <laughs> right? yeah.
1: Yeah. it's a quick read. But I think they, they do... They say everything they need to say. Mm -hmm. To to, like, you're you're, Mm you you are immersed in the world for sure. It's a really cool steampunky kind of place.
0: And that's why I want to see it made. I know you you said you don't. I know. and I I don't need to, but I would love to. I, I would love for a visionary person to do it and then use the music.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Put it in there but you know like the music they don't waste a single note there's nothing meandering in in any of it there's nothing you could cut from any song like they're all they're very very well written songs nothing there's nothing that goes on you know like the book they're they're all pretty succinct
0: i think so all right we're gonna meet in the middle how about a live broadway production (laughs)
1: <laughs> that would be cool.
0: Yeah, wouldn't that, that be awesome? Even
1: like that never even came into my head. Well,
0: yeah, could they could cool. do it. I mean, I, I've seen The Lion King a couple of times, and that is huge. They could make that. They could do this.
1: Oh yeah. Well, come on, steampunk. Think of all the yeah, the visual, the visual aspect of that would be pretty cool.
0: Yeah, that would be really neat. Yeah. So I agree with you. I would give it a ten out of ten um, because I think that they're just in such lockstep that. um there's just not a misstep no any anyway um going back and looking at the lyrics they tie in so well to the book you can just tell that neil and kevin worked together pretty closely um to come up with this book and to realize the dream of the album and i i think it works perfectly
1: oh yeah i think uh I think it it also it's a real testament to to all those guys because they've they've worked so well together um as collaborators for so many years you know a lot of bands just can't collaborate (laughs) yeah you know it's always an issue but these guys it's not and so they have they have all this huge library of of material that they've created and i think this is this is the pinnacle like this is their arrival at how how very well indeed they they collaborate together, you know, and then they, they brought in a fourth guy, the guy that put it all into words into this book, and uh, it's a wonderful it's a wonderful collective that, that has happened here.
0: I think you have three musicians who are not ego driven. Yeah. And they're all master craftsmen. Yeah. And I think they've got defined roles um, within the band. Mm-hmm. and i think um you know for musically i think getty and alex just work so well together when they're creating the music i i think that's probably a lot the reason of their success for so many years and i don't think they all you know, you know all these bands that go through all these drug problems and oh yeah and inflated egos that rock the band and tear them apart and they just didn't have that no and it was healthy for them
1: yeah it's it's uh these are all people. I, I think, you know, any of any fan, any person that's enjoys music and is kind of in the know of rush, we're all kind of looking up to these guys. Like They are people that stand. It's not just about the music, even though it is, I mean, they're, they're fantastic musicians, but the weird thing about it is none of us, we don't know these guys personally, you know, and yet we all feel like we do. I mean, one of the, the common threads that I keep reading people, I mean, are still heartbroken over Neil Peart's passing is, you know, like I never met him, but I felt like I did. Like he was so, he's been so present in my life. And I think it's because they were wonderful role models. You know, they really, they're, they're human. I mean, nobody's perfect. I'm not trying to say that they did no wrong and everybody, oh, know, yeah. but like, <clears throat> but kind of, like, <laughs> they, they, uh, they, they represent an, sort of this, whether it's true or not, they kind of represent this musical ideal for any person that's, that's understands what Rush does. Right. And, um, I don't know. I, I have so much respect for all of them. And I think, I think that really links to their fan base. I mean, this respect is, is seems to be worldwide, you know, it's, uh, something, uh, what a goal, what an achievement, you know?
0: Absolutely. And it's interesting too. Now, as you go back, since his passing, um, just the wisdom bombs that he dropped all over the place. You <laughs> yeah, don't really think about why he's alive because you're just so excited about the music and you're listening, yeah. but you go back now and you think, gosh, the depth of, of the lyrics, they, they do not get credit yeah. for having these amazing lyrics.
1: It's a, it's a, he was a deep thinker. I think mm-hmm. he was, uh, yeah, really, really emotionally intuitive heavy heavy thinker and uh yeah what a how lucky we were to have him out here you know
0: I know you know this is going to be a very controversial statement but I almost wish we didn't have Tom Sawyer oh really because that's all anybody knows outside of and it's oh that's the Tom Sawyer band right no no no. there's so much more oh yes you know what I mean and I love that song. So I don't really wish we didn't have it. No, but I
2: know. I know. I, I wish
0: some people could get past that song. Uh, yeah. to really dig in yeah. and find the deeper songs.
1: Yeah. Maybe now people will, you know, it's interesting. There's been such a, I mean, what it's, 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 it's the classic, you know, all it takes is for, for an artist to, to pass on. And then suddenly everybody's playing their music or, Mm-hmm. Looking at their paintings or reading their book, <laughs> it's like. But now, now Rush is like the top stream streamed band. Essentially, everybody like their albums are selling yes. out on Amazon, and it's. Uh, so now maybe people will pay even more attention. I mean, who knows?
0: I hope so. They need to.
1: I think so too. They
0: need to get with yeah. the good,
1: right? I mean, with messages like you get in the garden. I mean, everybody needs to hear that song. I can't say that enough times. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they really do. They really yeah. do. Um, Tony, who was gonna be on the show, um, he had never heard it. Oh and really? So I told him to do it and he sent me a screenshot, showed me he was listening to it, and then um I think the quick text I got back was those lyrics are amazing. So
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: It definitely touches people. Well, do you want to have one final word?
1: Um I don't know. <laughs> I have no further words of wisdom.
0: <laughs> well, here's your final word then. Where can people find Deva? Where are you guys gonna be performing? If oh. they want to come out and see you, where would they where would they see you guys?
1: Okay. Well, um, when are you I don't know when this this is gonna be a lot. Are you airing this tomorrow?
0: No, probably not. Um I'm hoping on Tuesday. So I have to go to bed because I'll turn into a pumpkin and I have to get up at five to go to work. Um, oh, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah I'm hoping life. to do it right after,
0: get it all edited tomorrow right after work and then get her posted. So hopefully Tuesday.
1: Okay. okay. Well, as of well, so February 26th, we're going to be up in St. Catharines, uh, Ontario. Um, we've got a bunch of shows coming up around Ontario. All the information is on our website. It's www.devadevah.com. We're doing a little Ontario tour. Um, We're going to be performing 2112, amongst other uh, Prague rocks, you know, and uh, original music written by myself. And um, yeah, uh, 26th is uh, St. Catharines. 27th, we're in Ottawa. Got a couple days off, and we're in Toronto March 1st. And then we've got a couple more shows the following week in uh, March 4th in Hamilton and March 5th in Guelph. And uh, then we're going to be heading up to Montreal. We're just sorting out that date as I speak. So yeah, that's, that's what we're doing. Um,
0: That is exciting. And I cannot wait. I'll be driving up on March 4th to check out that show. I'm really excited about it.
1: Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. We're, um, we we are also very, very excited.
0: Well, all right. I guess that wraps it up for tonight and um, it has been a blast. I so excited that you could come on and talk about clockwork angels with me tonight.
1: Well, Steve, thank you so much for inviting me. I'm, I was thrilled to be part of this. It's so fun.
0: Awesome. Well, wanderings and wool gathering will be uh, recording again next week. The full group will be back and, um, It'll come out about a week or so after this one. So until then, we will uh, see you later. Bye now.